once again for Thank joining you. me today on the podcast. Thank it's you really a me. pleasure and honor to have you here, a whole superstar. <laughs> superstar. I actually, I feel like the first time I heard of you, like I saw you, was on the dance video. Yeah, and I was like, oh my God, this girl is so cool. Then we end up on the same campaign, and then you go and do the dance on stage, and the entire time I'm just like, <laughs> I remember that. I know her. Oh my God, she's so cool. <laughs> So today we are catching you guys from iHit. iHit is a co-working space. They also have conference rooms and event spaces. They are located in Kilimani along Dennis Pritch Road. I will link them down below in the description box in case you are looking for these services at affordable rates. So Ayo, how did it feel like when you were writing the letter? Because I remember, okay, I might be wrong, but I saw on your stories when you posted and um, it was just a picture of like a letter, a loose leaf, and you were handwriting it. So was that the day that you were writing the letter to your younger self? I think I've written it in seven days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every day I start, then I stop, then I start again, mm -hmm. then I stop. And for real, for real, Wabosha, wow. <laughs> if if it is a challenge that you've given me, I yeah. would say it's this one. Yeah. It came with so much. It was a roller coaster of emotions. But yeah, we're here now. Okay, so before we get into it, I think we can start by you reading out the letter to us. Could I have some serviettes or tissue paper or whatever? <laughs> a letter to my younger self. Dear 19-year-old Ayo, hey you. It's me seven years later, and I wish I could give you a hug today. Everything you thought couldn't happen, happened, and those that you never thought could also did. And all that has led to me being here today. I'm writing to you and reading it all out because with time, I've seen how important reassurance from me, your older self, is to you. I want to start by thanking you for giving me the guide to bettering myself moving forward. Because I, in no way, thought for a second that you're the one who had all the answers to why I am the way I am today. After so many years of trying to figure you out, figure out your life experiences at such an age, your needs, lacks, and wants, I am here to reassure you with this. Your life will take a turn after mom and dad leave for home away. Santos will get married as everyone else did and leave you to yourself. You'll start living alone, and so much will happen so fast after that, but you'll always keep going. Everyone you thought would stay will later leave. Some new ones will come, stay for a while, then again leave. Some will stay because they truly love you, while others will only stay for themselves. Eventually, you get to appreciate those who stay through all the faces to meet me. You later go into a dark phase where you constantly feel empty, lost, and alone. But it will one day come to an end with a liberating realization that you are the only constant in everything that happened. And what you needed has and always will be you. You will stop blaming everyone for everything and turn inward. You will one day take off your superhero armor and let go of who you think you are and this will come with so much discomfort. You will take time to understand your family history and family members in the quest of unpacking your own traumas. And this will help you learn a lot about yourself. 
you will experience shifts and even more discomfort because you will always choose growth. Your life will get better. You'll complete your engineering course, move to a beautiful house, and have your own dance farm, Afrosasi. You'll commit your all to it. You'll have moments where you want to stop and do away with it, but you won't. You will change so many lives through it. It will grow with time, bring returns, but most importantly, leave an impact. It will grow and you will grow with it. You'll stop existing and start living. You know, I feel like I'm talking to my kid. Anyway, <laughs> you'll stop existing and start living. You'll stop living in fear and choose abundance. You'll stop being attached and start being more connected. The work you did on yourself will eventually bring you a life of ease. You'll work with the best brands. You will make money. You will do less for more. You will stay committed to bettering yourself and go through all these phases just to meet me. And you will eventually meet me. And now that I've met you, I hope you know that I will take care of you. Feed your mind, body, and soul with the good things in life. Give you the love and care you've always wanted. I'll never silence you. I'll let you thrive with every moment I get. Give you the fairy tale life you've always dreamed of. Be there for you. Be there with you. Love you with you. Let's start over, my love. Just God, you and I. Thank you once again for everything you did to get me here. Your love has changed my life. Come with me and meet all these versions of me that I'm yet to meet. Let's go through it all together. I love you then. I love you now. I will always love you. For I know that if I'm not here for me, you will be. With love, 26 years. Oh, I feel like I really felt <coughs> the emotion, like as you were reading from the beginning all the way to when, you know, you could feel your voice change like throughout the entire letter and it was really, it was a beautiful letter, Ayo. It was really, really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you did mentioned in your letter the period when your mom and dad moved to Homa Bay and Santos got married. Who is Santos? Santos is one of my elder sisters. Mm -hmm. Come from a family of eight. Oh. But um, she's the, I'm closest to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like my favorite. And I think Ooh, I've, I've have the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they not they never get to hear this. <laughs> but I think I've gone through life mostly with her by my side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how comes um, your parents going to Homer Bay and Santos getting married? Why were these two moments, such distinct moments at that point in your life? I think it's because uh, I've always been scared to be by myself. And this forced me to be by myself. Mm -hmm. I had no other option than to just start living by myself because everyone 
had started their own families on the side. Mm. You get? Yeah. And going to Homa Bay was not an option. I mean, I'm going to what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I kind of thought about it yeah. a couple of times, but uh-uh, no. Mm. So I think my life took a turn when these two things happened. Okay, yeah. so taking you back a bit, tell us a bit about your upbringing. You said you come from a family of eight and you were born in Nairobi. Yeah, what else can you tell us about how you grew up? Okay, I grew up in Kariobangi North. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I feel like my parents did their very best now looking back. Because uh, I came from, I come from a happy family. Yeah, so they did their best to nurture us in the best of ways. My my mom always did her best to make sure we're in school. Mm-hmm. She did her very best and I saw that. Um, growing up, I can't say I actually struggled, how everyone associates growing up in ghetto with mm-hmm. just struggles, no. I think I, I remember most parts just being happy, a happy child. I was always in church. Yeah, I'm I'm an SDA. Mm-hmm. So and uh, my my dad was an elder, my mom was a deacon. Yeah, I I think I have good memories just growing up in that yeah, place. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, I had to just shut up and watch everything. And I think that's where my observing nature came from. I had to do away with thinking I know everything and just become a beginner now. Cause if it's an ache that I grew up with, is every time we had sit-downs or family gathering, when I tried to say I recall something happening, they will always shush me down. Like, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, you know, I remember when we used to live here and there. My sister would be the first one. Where are you? Just like, bro, I remember. Uh-huh. Let me speak. You get yeah. But now, do you know, there was a time I had to do a survey. Like, I'd, I'd visit my siblings in their individual homes, and I'd just ask them, what do you think you lacked when you were growing up? And everyone would just start crying. Like, you could feel there's no room to just be. Because mm-hmm. you've grown up with so many titles. Kwanza, when I was talking to my elder sister, she made me feel like she never just had room to breathe. Because as a firstborn, yeah, you know the drill. Right? Yeah. So I, I sat with each and every of my siblings, apart from the fourth one. I don't recall if I've really met her in person because she traveled to Canada mm. when my mom gave her to me. But I've seen her. Like, I know her face. And, uh, yeah, we are all struggling from it, but none of us wants to just sit with it and be like, yeah, this is what I didn't get. But what can I do? To get it now that I'm having my own family. Mm-hmm. Get. Yeah, so I think unpacking the reality that we really never got a chance to just be vulnerable kids has mm. been a struggle. Yeah. yeah. And would you say that it's something, or rather, how did it get there? Is it that you, you were just born and you found the family like that? Like, um, you just found that people are not free to express, to be vulnerable. Is it that people saw it as a weakness? Is it like, where did it stem from exactly? I think I, when I started turning inward, mm-hmm. when I started looking at my own life, that's when I realized it's not in the family. 
Because, okay, let me take you back a bit. When I started coaching, I realized I was so harsh to, towards everyone. Like, and I saw my brother train me like that in church. Mm. Get like, what is this? What is this? Tango apa? Kimbia ten laps. What one? Kimbia five. And that yeah. 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 Like, so I took that from him. It kind of helped me here and there. But when I decided to do away with that and be more calm and be more understanding and maybe have more compassion towards people, so when I realized, wow, maybe this is my superpower. Because mm-hmm. I got, I realized even people respected me more when I'm calmer than when I'm trying to impose. Mm-hmm. You get? Mm-hmm. So uh, when, I, when I decided to switch up personalities, I, I was being closer attention to my family. And now I would talk to them openly about how I feel. Mm-hmm. Being, being vulnerable and all that. And I even told them, I feel like my business is even picking Afrosasi because I'm being more human. You get? Yeah. Every time I start this conversation, we'll find something else. <laughs> like immediately I start that conversation about vulnerability and all. Like, oh, nah, only mm. <laughs> last week. Like they just bring something else. So yeah. I realize how uncomfortable I make them when I talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why yeah. I started from. Mm. Yeah. I actually, I don't know, it's interesting because I don't think personally, even me, I'm the most vulnerable person. I don't think even um, people online <laughs> have ever seen that side of me, even my friends themselves. Um, so yeah, I get it. I get it. That's, that's, that's all I can say for now. Um, and in your healing journey you also mentioned that you had to go a bit into your family history what exactly triggered this quest and what did you find out about your family history come again you mentioned that Mm -hmm. um, in your healing journey yes you had to delve a bit into your family history so what triggered you to be like okay you know what maybe what i'm going through might be stemming, you know, from maybe my family or something. So what triggered you into going and looking into your family history? Uh, okay. Uh, when I turned 23, mm-hmm. uh, that was probably the saddest birthday I've ever had. I remember I needed someone, mm-hmm. but I couldn't just make the call. You get? Yeah. And I've seen this in my sister. She would struggle, but die struggling. Mm-hmm. She'd rather not talk about it. And I've also seen it in my mom. She would be sick and still want to overwork herself. You get? And this is so hard to unlearn because trusting that people are actually there for you is one other thing. You get? I... Okay, give me a minute. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not selling them out. <laughs> hmm. I've struggled with asking for help. I've struggled with speaking on my needs because I've always felt like, ah, mm-hmm. and uh, I think my whole family struggles with that. My heart just goes out to them at this moment because mm-hmm. at least I'm happy I've found my breakthrough and it is being this 
speaking out how I feel, crying when I feel like, ah, now I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. But I still see them hold, hold back. Yes, I can see the impact the person I am now has on them, but they still just don't wanna. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart because now they have kids. So if they don't change, the cycle, cycle. continues. Yeah. You get my heart pours out to those kids mostly. Now that they even know me, every time Angela, you get, I'd want them to know me a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't them, I'd want them to see me and feel like, ah, at least we could breathe now. Ah, at least I could see how I feel. Ugh. I just hope one day you all decide to change for yourselves. Um, and you started living on your own at 19, yeah? yeah? I mean, looking back right now, I mean, 13, <laughs> but looking back, 19 is a pretty young age. Like, you're, you're still a, a baby at that point, yeah? Um, what led to you living by yourself at that age? Is it the time when Santos um, got married and your mom and dad moved to Homabe? Yeah, it's actually that time. Mm-hmm. And um, it it was the only option, yeah? Assuming, like, there were no relatives around or anything. Okay, I had tried living with uh, a couple of my siblings, mm-hmm. but it wasn't working, considering mm-hmm. my line of work. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'd get gigs late in the night, then i come at wee hours of the morning. Yeah. And they have families. Mm-hmm. So it kind of brought friction all the time. And that's why I decided... I'm gonna just start living by myself. Yeah. Mm. And how how was it like like being by yourself at that age? What did you learn? First of all, I'd cry every day. Wow. I can feel like my mom just left me. Like <laughs> she. I would cry every day. I also felt like my sister left me. Mm-hmm. I think my my abandonment issues started there. Yeah. Because growing up, I thought uh since I'm the last born, I'll always live with someone, maybe Maybe my brother Jeff, or mm. I live with Lydia forever. But we, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, ah, it was a much needed phase of my life because mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be here now if I didn't go through that phase of just being totally by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the same time, you had to deal with people coming in and out of your life. So, who are these people who are sort of coming in and out during that period? Mm, dancer friends mostly uh-huh. yeah and with me everything is just so deep I would train you how to, uh, okay it would start with me being your mentor me coaching you how to dance but I would want to keep you close you get and with time people grow and we grow apart yeah so this fallout really took a toll on me mm-hmm. yeah like I ended up feeling even more alone when they'd leave because now my mom already left, my dad yeah. and my sister. Now you all are coming to my life, giving me all this happiness. Then the next day, You're you going. don't want me anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. why couldn't they stay? Or was it just like natural, you know, the way life is? <laughs> okay, I think um, it's a 50-50 kind of thing because mm-hmm. part of it, I'd say, is growth. Maybe they grew faster than I did. Mm-hmm. That's why they felt like being with me was not a thing anymore. And maybe it was me. You know, looking back and calling yourself out is actually a thing that's much needed in your yeah. journey. 
And I could see a couple things that I used to do back then that I don't think anyone would stay with me. Mm-hmm. So I I worked on I worked on them because I'd want the next people who come in to stay. To stay. Yeah. And self-awareness is important. It's Very it really much. is. And who are some of the people <coughs> sorry, who are some of the people who stayed and loved you through everything that you're grateful for now? Oh my god, Ashley. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> my last board. Oh my god. I have trained her for so long. Mm-hmm. I think she's seen all my faces and she's one of the people who when she notices I'm growing or something different. Even when I don't shout at people anymore, mm-hmm. she just be like, wow, you may wanna. <laughs> you know, I really feel like you have someone when yeah. you're growing, you get. Yeah. I've never felt ashamed to show her parts of myself or sides of myself. Because mm-hmm. she said through every side, if you ask me, she's, yeah. she's been there and I appreciate you so much. Oh, shout out to you, Ashley, wherever you are. <laughs> I feel come and courage on a piano. A shout out. <laughs> okay, now when you talk about looking inward, let's talk a bit about that. How was the process like? How was that process for you? It was hard. Because mm-hmm. doing away with what you used to takes so much courage and bravery. Doing away with the I.O. that I know who has to shout at people for whatever she's saying to be understood. Mm-hmm. Doing away with the I.O. who wants everything to go her way. Doing away with the I.O. who can shut up and listen. Or so hard. Mm-hmm. It's like doing away with your identity and starting all over. It was hard. <laughs> Telling yeah. anyone is just hard. It's like calling yourself out on your own bullshit mm. and be like, by the way, this is nonsense. I'm not doing it again. It was hard and it still is hard. Yeah. And what, what triggered all of this? What triggered you to sit down and be like, okay, there are these things and now I'm realizing they're not really working for me. They're working against me, if anything, and I need to change. What happened for you to be like, Nana? Wanting better. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we say we want love. We want the best um, relationships in life. But are we living life in a way that we can handle all this that we're asking for? Because if you want different, they say you move different. different. You get. I was wishing for so many things, but I wasn't working on becoming a better person in order to get those things. Mm-hmm. So I think wanting better really made me turn inward. Yeah. yeah. And when you say um, that you had to take off your super, but superhero armor, mm-hmm. yeah, what exactly were you doing in, like, let's say, fast when you were wearing it? Like, what are some of these things that we can term as maybe superhuman or inhuman that you were doing when you put on the armor? Thinking I could fix everything and mm-hmm. everyone. Jumping into people's journeys and trying to help them rather than just letting them go through it mm-hmm. by themselves. Yeah. And I think when I decided to fall back, I could even breathe. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to control everything and everyone and protect them from harm even before it happens. Yeah. Thinking I know it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I think thinking I could fix everything yeah. and everyone. And why was taking off the armor so uncomfortable? Because it was what I was used to. Mm. Yeah, and now comfort we're doing zone. Yeah. comfort zone. Exactly. Now we're doing away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of comfort zones, you also mentioned that, um, I mean, we all know leveling up, getting out of your comfort zone, it can bring about a bit of discomfort. So how was it uncomfortable for you? How would you say that leveling up brought out discomfort for you? Letting go of certain friendships mm-hmm. that didn't serve me anymore. Silently walking away, even if I have much to say. Wait, because of that one. <laughs> I'm sure you know me. I feel strongly about something. Yeah. I don't shut up. But nowadays, I sit in the discomfort of, you mustn't necessarily hear my side of the story. Mm-hmm. As long as I, I know, that's enough. Yeah. It's uncomfortable because I feel like I'm losing battles. You get, I don't get to have the last word. Mm-hmm. Now I just like, oh, well, that's how you feel. You're at peace with it. And I'm at peace with yeah, it. Yeah. Mm. We're going back into the letter, you said that you stopped um, living in fear, you know, and start choosing um, abundance. What types of fear did 19-year-old Ayuma have? Wow. Yeah. This question. <laughs> what were you afraid of at 19 years old that, you know, you can look back and tell yourself you need to stop living in fear and start choosing abundance? This might sound so weird, but mm-hmm. I think I've always been scared of people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have been. That's why I've been trying to play life safe. And now, just want to say, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's always been scared. You get, mm-hmm. I had to run everything through my sister before I told my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, how will they take it? What yeah. will they think about it? And the last time I was in Shags, I remember my sister was seated, she was sleeping actually on this side of the room and my mom and dad were here and we're doing Bible study. And you know, I was just like, today I'm going to tell mom and dad how I feel about my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not passing by. I'm not going to let her know that I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to pass it through her. Just and I just did it. And the warmth I saw in my mom's eyes and my dad's eyes mostly, mm-hmm. who just looking at me like, wow, my daughter. Wow. My mom was there backing me up. I've always needed my mom's validation in everything I do. Yeah. I just needed her to be like, yes, 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 yes. And I got it on that day without even asking. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that day. No, a beautiful day. I felt so free. I felt like, wow, I really don't need my sister to be making decisions for me anymore. Why do I think I need her anymore to be making decisions? Yeah. I'm living in my own house. <laughs> when will it sink in that now we're grown? Yeah. And it, it did on that day. Yeah. Um, what does choosing abundance look like for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not okay, I will start with the first one. Not constantly constantly worrying about money. Constantly you just like, hey, mm-hmm. how much? Ah, please. Okay. Let's think about how we're gonna do it first. You get? Because mm-hmm. if we have the idea. Money will just come. To me, I pesa ikuzoe. To me, I tu ikuzoe. Yoku tu ni ukoe ni wawash. Imagine to me, I tu ikuzoe. 
and I've seen this in my own family. Like inaweza kwa kitu kama hey 5k yote kwa nywele. Like there's this kafiat. Hey 10k yote umepatia chuo mtu. And now I'm trying to break it. Mm-hmm. Aki god, si uniongeze tu ndio niweze ku break. <laughs> I don't want to break that thing. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. I feel like money is just energy. Mm-hmm. It's energy because it's it's how when when you have money you feel hey, yeah. all that and then when you don't now you feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. Nowadays I don't even say I'm broke. I'm financially up and coming. <laughs> Who is broke? Period. Period. Don't come out of here with that. It's it's like you you're already living the lifestyle you want. You're waiting for your finances to catch up. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm I believe I'll be so wealthy, Wabosha, not rich. Wealthy. I'll be wealthy. Me too, I. Me too. Actually, if there's one thing I I don't know how, don't ask me how. But me, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Somehow one day I'm going to wake up in a big ass house Everybody with you know my Range Rover somewhere there in the parking lot and we're going to be like, yeah, we made it. I will come back to this day one, one day. <laughs> Amen we, Amen. Amen, we will. Amen, we will. Amen. Um, who are some of the people you were attached to at the time? Who now looking back, you're like, you know what? Maybe it was not too smart to be that attached to them, or it wasn't right for you. My ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Do we wanna explore? Get into it. We could. Mm-hmm. Bring me the questions first. You don't wanna say anything. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> How come? Okay. First off, where did the attachment come from? And you know, I don't think attachment is always um unhealthy. So, at what point did the attachment become unhealthy? <laughs> wow, this one is a good one. <laughs> Do you know? I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I think I don't want to say I was a problem. I was a problem. <laughs> but I was too dependent mm-hmm. on him. You get, I didn't even give this chance. This guy, and get, ah, what am I saying? <laughs> I didn't give this guy a chance to even breathe. Mm-hmm. It was everything you do, I have to know. Now, looking back at it, I feel like it was like that. Mm-hmm. Everything I do, I need you to validate it. When I notice I don't have power over myself is when I think it became unhealthy for me. And I noticed that when it was too late, we were already done. Mm. Imagine. So I had to wish myself yeah. as I go through it. <laughs> like it was already too late. And how did it affect you during that period? During the period of the breakup. No, no, no. While you guys were dating and now you're attached where you feel like, you know, he has to validate everything. You have to know where he is. You want to be where he is all the time. Yeah, it's... uh, You asked... How did it affect um, your life during that time? I became a control freak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't do anything if we're not okay. I remember when he blew up on TikTok. (laughs) Hey, the one that you know But he really wanted it. But it was how he was going about it that I did not like. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I I dance sensually, but have you ever seen a man touch me? <laughs> I need my. I don't need anyone to come and do anything next to me. Yeah. But it was how he made me believe that he had to do these videos, touching other girls. Mm -hmm. That that was the niche. This man was driving me crazy. <laughs> I was like, okay, use me then. But yeah. I also. I also wasn't feeling this TikTok thing because mm -hmm. it came with some wave of dancers feeling like now the songs have just come yesterday and yeah. I get everything. But anyway, that's uh, TMI. I feel like I just became obsessed. It wasn't a relationship anymore. Now it was just me making sure he doesn't do all these things to embarrass me. You see, <laughs> now I'm just thinking about myself. <laughs> now I'm not thinking he loves doing TikToks yeah. and maybe I should be a supportive girlfriend and do this and that. Now I'm just thinking this guy is embarrassing me. Like, what is he doing? You get. I think I've, I've answered your question. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, you have. And when you look at um, what you do for self-care now versus then, how is it different? How does Ayo treat self-care right now? Or what is your definition of self-care, actually? Self-care to me is staying ready. Mm -hmm. If there's something I've struggled, I've struggled with is timekeeping. And I had to go to the roots and understand why I don't keep time. It's because naturally when I wake up, I don't wash my face, fix my bed, have breakfast. I just bam, I'm on my phone. Mm -hmm. And then, wow, I have the meeting with Obosha. It's 12.30. Yeah. I haven't washed my face. I haven't fixed my house. I haven't had something to eat. Automatically, I'll be late. Yeah. You get. But if every day I do these things, then eventually I just be keeping time. Yeah. Because I know the drill is when you wake up, wash your face. Do you know there was a time I never washed my face? That heartbreak, I needed it. Yeah. I needed it. Nowadays, that's the first thing. Fix that bed. Mm -hmm. Wash your face. Have something to eat. Drink water. Make sure you eat something. Mm -hmm. Before you go out, even if they'll be, they'll be having food there, eat something before you leave your house. When you get there, drink water. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling tipsy, Drink water. Drink water. <laughs> I don't like how I used to take care of myself back in the days. I would just drink. I think Pascasai mm -hmm. does actually help me. <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> Do you see has helped me? What? What was that? What was that? All that drink? What are you drinking away? Yeah. What is the problem? <laughs> yeah. So for me, self-care is staying ready. That's nice. And actually, you mentioned something that I didn't know about you, Madam Engineer. Ah, we have a lot in common and we've just been sitting, sitting around. What engineering did you do? Civil engineering. Civil engineering. Yeah. Where? I did it at Kibit. I don't know if you know of it. No, I don't. Do you know of Technical University? Yes. It's just opposite the school. Uh, how was it? <sighs> First of all, I don't think I wanted to do that course. Uh, how did you end up doing it? It was that period of uh Peter, so finally engineering. Everyone, there's an uncle of mine called George Makajuma. Shout out to him. He paid my whole school fees in college. Yeah. So he was funding everyone from high school, uh, from high school to college. Mm -hmm. And the courses that most people took was civil was civil engineering. Mm. It was just imposed on me. Yeah. 
wewe unaweza hii unaweza so me was like okay sawa let's see tufanye <laughs> crazy how i just hacked it and i was still dancing yeah until today i have never understood how i did i juggled both because i was still dancing yeah. but i was still made it i made it to class and i made it to all the exams now kafita crazy whether engineering where when you just said <laughs> I have never that was a complete sentence to me because anyway we me by the way anyways oh my god I feel like we're doing too much for our age ah, <laughs> <give> my, <give laughs> my, <give> my. <laughs> but honestly in engineering we'll talk about this on a different day but have you ever practiced Uh, a bit then dance started picking i was like i'll come back yeah and you've never gone <laughs> you've never gone back to i'll come back soon <laughs> but i plan on going back yeah yeah where well, 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 mm. i utter how guess maybe because now my mom is going to be like unona when sana una alafu my brother too degree yako make a shelf i don't know why i did that voice my mom doesn't talk like that mom <laughs> But then um, okay so then dance came in yeah now you have a dance farm it's called Afrosassi why did you choose the name Afrosassi my ex came up with it hey hey hey, hey. i'll give him credit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came up with it because i loved afro so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. but at the same time i loved sensual you get yeah. so what's the name Afrosassi. Afrosassi. Mm-hmm. And it's called you call it a dance farm. I don't think I've ever had it been called a dance farm. Is it a term that there ama you came up with? I think it sounded fancy. Mm-hmm. It, no, so it really I, does. It's, it's a dance farm. <laughs> I want so many choreographers use it. I'm a look it up. But it sounded fancy. Yeah. Like, so Abosha I have a dance. Yeah. <laughs> you get? But I love it. I love it. And how was your journey in dance, you know, from discovering that, you know, you actually like it to discovering you're good at it to now um having your own you know dance farm mm, it was crazy it mm. started in high school just drama fest ah music festival mostly and then after high school uh, i got into a dance crew went to sakata mm-hmm. hey you are in sakata bro <laughs> i have hustled in this dance hey, industry hey you really have <laughs> yeah uh, i I really appreciate the fact that I crossed paths with Bruce Newton. Mm-hmm. He helped me see all this because I was just dancing. I was just shaking my bum. Mm-hmm. I was just shaking. that's the all I could do. But going through training with him all that time in Sakata, then when the crew broke, oh, broke my heart. But then God brought Fenagitu. Fe mm-hmm. I started performing with her on stage by myself. Crazy. Yeah. This woman put me on a stage. The first stage we were on together was when Omarion came to Kenya. And she put me on that stage by myself. Wow. And you killed I, it. I killed it. Still. <laughs> I was like, what? So I think Fena really set the pace for me. Mm-hmm. Just shout out to you, my love. Mm. <laughs> she set the pace. And since then, I've just been moving as an entity, mm-hmm. as an individual. I yeah. need no team behind me. And how crazy is that? Mwenda Mansolo. Mansolo. No, but me I've seen you on stage a couple of times and yeah, yeah. You can't really drive the whole show by yourself. You, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can, you can. Um and you offer women on the classes, yeah. Why is it important for you to offer such classes where you know it's just females by themselves? 
I've been to so many workshops and dance classes and I feel like the male energy always just kills the female, feminine energy in the room. Mm-hmm. You get. And they're never comfortable. I've, I've, I've noticed so many things because the men are so dominant, you know. And when it's in a dance class, mm-hmm. they want to push and pull. It's, it's not... It's not... Okay. It's not soft. You get. Yeah. And I think I purposely started these classes to help me tap into my feminine divine energy. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been so masculine for so long. And watching these women every day with every class mm-hmm. has helped me realize that I'm actually not the only one going through it. I did it purpose- purposely just to learn how it is for a woman out here. Mm-hmm. That's why I have different age groups for the class. I have moms, I have 15-year-olds, I have 18-year-olds, I have 25-year-olds. I like it when they speak on their life experiences so that I shut the voices in my head. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. It's happening to everyone. You get. So I use it also as my tool for growth, mm-hmm. that class. Sometimes you find that when people join a dance class, yeah, it's more than just wanting to learn how to dance, you know. They're looking for connection, like a family in some sense. Um, would you say, or rather, what would you say that you have picked up through your journey that you infuse in your teaching? I know that um, one thing that you have mentioned is the being more vulnerable and humane you know that right now you're a bit softer when it comes to um how you teach the classes yeah so is there anything else that you could say you have picked up through life that you sort of infuse in your teaching technique i think it's mostly that yeah yeah and quotes here and there mm-hmm. i just stopped the class in the middle of the choreo and be like guys guys Please listen to me. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. Then we just talk about something. Then I have a few people um, give their own take on it. And then we just continue. Mm-hmm. So I think it's mostly just tapping into that vulnerable side mm-hmm. that has enabled me do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And as you wind up your letter, you say, let's start over. Just you, me and God. What exactly did you mean by that? I meant she should just forgive me for not being what she thought I should be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just forgiving myself for constantly judging her before I got here. Mm -hmm. I feel like I blamed her so much rather than just be her friend. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (coughs) What do you think 19-year-old Ayo would think of present time Ayo right now? She thinks I'm so dope. I'm so yeah. cool, man. I don't even try. Mm-hmm. She thinks I don't even try. I need not try. Yeah. What versions of Ayo, like, through 19 to now you're 27? Six. Six. From like 19 to 26, what versions of Ayoma 
can't you wait for 19-year-old Ayoma to meet through the way? What's coming? Okay. <laughs> versions, or rather, what versions? Mm-hmm. How do I rephrase this? Okay, what versions of Ayoma can you not wait for 19-year-old Ayoma to meet as she's growing up? So let's say there is single Ayo, oh, yeah. there is on stage with Fena Ayo. Oh, now I get you. Yeah. Uh, I think Boss Babe Ayo. Mm-hmm. She's. She's gonna make her happy. She's in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not worried about also not being in charge. She's in control. <laughs> okay, I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think she's the that's the one vas- version of Ayu that is gonna make 19-year-old Ayu happy to meet. Boss babe. Boss babe. And what's next for Ayuma? What should we look out for? What are your plans for the near future? More happy, mm-hmm. more life. Yeah. More stepping out there, more being on their faces. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, more happy. More happy. That's where it's at. <laughs> That's where it's really at. Yeah. That's where it's really at. Um, so we normally do this thing on the podcast where we sort of time capsule thing where you wrote a letter to your younger self and now we're going to leave a message to 37 year old Ayoma 36, 36 year old Ayoma so oh, you crazy. can take a minute think about what you'd like to say and then kick it to that camera and leave your future self a message Just something short and sweet <laughs> oh <Moshe. laughs> you are this question oh my god Anyway, dear 37-year-old Ayu, don't lose yourself. I think you shouldn't lose yourself. I hope you wouldn't have lost yourself. I hope you're smiling. I hope when you get this, you'll be smiling. I'll be there with you and no one else will. So just promise me, You'll be there with you too. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, beautiful. Dr. Futa, when we're old <laughs> and not really <laughs> and give you the message. Um, thank you so much for coming, Ayo. Before we wrap, Abosha. Mm-hmm. Ever tell me to dance? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna tell this to you. I feel like we're we're the same age, right? You turned 27 well, this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, you turned 27 before myself. <laughs> Girl! <laughs> what? <laughs> and I want to tell you something. Mm. Before your birthday gets here, mm-hmm. I think out of everything you've done with your life, this is the most important one. I know you've made so much money, which is a good thing. Mm. But this one will live forever. So if ever in your life, like... What impact did you leave to the world? It's this one. And I hope one day you have your own studio so that you're not constantly thinking about you. <laughs> Who is making noise or what? It's this one. I'm proud of you. <laughs> what? At 26. God. Look at what you. Is this? <laughs> this is so good. I think I should just have told you that. And I couldn't let it go unsaid. Yuck. <laughs>
<laughs> oh god. Thank you so much, Ayu. I feel like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It may it may hit spot. It may hit spot. And just um I guess as I was even mentioning how I'm never vulnerable with this guy. So <laughs> yeah, it really has. So thank you so much for coming to the podcast. And for you guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for having me. <laughs>